can't relate to cancel culture, hookup culture, or victim culture? Well, neither could we. We created this platform for those other girls. Girls like us who want to give a different perspective from a Christian and conservative worldview. We talk about life, relationships, work, pop culture, and true crime from a Christian conservative perspective. Let's be those other girls that don't just talk about culture, but change culture and bring back traditional values. The views expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect our employers. Enjoy! Hello, everyone. You are listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Friends. I'm Mallory. I'm Victoria. Oh, I screwed up. Didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> <There> you. <laughs> and who, who is this random? Yes, and we are all, we're changing culture, and we are bringing back traditional values. This is Those Other Girls featuring a boy. A boy. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. I know everybody's excited to have Vic back, and they'll be even more excited when they figure out who this boy is, <laughs> and this is going to be a really good episode. It's going to be a fun one. How are you guys doing? Who's the boy real quick? Oh, yeah, I guess we should talk about the boy. Who are you? <laughs> who am I? Uh, so I'm on. Uh, I was on uh, a few months ago, I think, and yes. Yes. I walked into the room to ask a random question. <laughs> <laughs> what? what, what? But, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else, though. This is this is one of my favorites. So Juan is rooming with me and Sebastian at our new place in Raleigh. Yes. Yeah, so have we spoken um, on a TCAP since you've moved to Raleigh? Yeah, we have. We have. Okay. Yeah, so then we have. we have. Okay. Okay, cool. So, yeah. So we've been in Raleigh almost a month now, which reminds me we need to pay rent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What, you know, every one of my former roommates has found out that it's my roommates that see me the least of anyone else. I, I'm pretty sure they saw me more when we lived an hour apart from each other than a hallway across from each other. So Really? It's like, hi, good morning. All right, heading out. And then it's like 10, 30, 11 before I come back. Hey, good night. Good to see you guys. And he has other friends and just me and Sebastian were like, dude. What what the heck? Like <laughs> more, it's us? <laughs> Since when did you get friends? <laughs> That's funny. I mean, Katie, pretty much his girlfriend. <laughs> Wait, that's never mind. Okay, cool, cool. So you guys are locking, locking. You guys are liking living in Raleigh. I I mean, one briefly lived in Greensboro with us, but he's been like what living in Raleigh what five years now? About, about four to going on four to five. Oh, so you've lived in Raleigh for a while. In Raleigh, I went to school at William Peace University. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't realize that was in Raleigh. Yeah, yeah. So so it, it's interesting because when I first moved here, I knew absolutely no one. Uh, in fact, uh, my first week of college, I I, I literally didn't know anyone. So for the first three days of living here, I didn't talk to anyone because there was no one for me to associate with. That's such a boy thing. Aww. <laughs> I was like, go visit, visit like random like landmarks and stuff around the city. But, you know, you, you, you take it by the horns and you get involved. And, and I've met incredible people and lifelong friends here. And uh, 
you know, so, so yeah. it's, it's been fun. And, and I'm excited to see uh, Vic and, and Sebastian go on this journey as well. Um, I, I, it's a, it, it was a big decision, I think, uh, for you guys to move, but I, I think it's, mm-hmm. it's gonna, it's gonna be one that you guys are gonna grow to appreciate and, 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 you know, in time. And this is such a wonderful city, um, for not just for politics, but also the energy, the youth, uh, um, and, and so, yeah. Yeah, so. okay so you guys are selling raleigh uh <laughs> the reason why i haven't been on is like we I, i've gone out with friends the last couple fridays mm-hmm. and like we would never go out when we were in greensboro i know i would when the first time you told me you were going out i was like really since when i was shook well, i'm glad, glad though i'm college, glad you're going but out there was like no places to go out in greensboro and like i mean yeah. last weekend we went to this really cool bar do you remember what it was i told you it was um something in ward or ward and something but it's watson ward, watson ward. Yes. and it's this underground 1920 speakeasy that's under a restaurant mm-hmm. Oh, there's a place like that in Charlotte. That's cool. Yeah, so that's the thing about, uh, and I guess this is a tangent, but when you talk about nightlife and and, and things to do, Charlotte and Raleigh are really, really perfected that and and kind of went through that renaissance. Greensboro and Winston-Salem are just starting to go through that. And and you have to give credit to people like Marty Cotis who have invested so much into places like Midtown and Downtown with the street art in Greensboro. Uh, yeah, yeah, in Greensboro with with and with new breweries and, and other uh, stuff uh, stuff yeah. popping up. But so Greensboro, I, I anticipate, is going to have that in the next coming years. If our down, if our city council gets their crap together, exactly. it's kind of the issue. But your I mean, former city council, the difference. I mean, like what. You lived with us for a month in Greensboro, and you'd come home at like ten thirty. Letters like, "Let's go out to eat." And we're like, "Dude, everything's closed. Yeah. Like everything's closed by like nine thirty, ten. Yeah, and I was like, "That's not the case in Raleigh. <laughs> like, I, if I could, I could yeah. go right now and get some Chinese food if I wanted to after ten. That to me, yeah, same in Charlotte. Back. <laughs> well, like you and Sebastian, <laughs> glad we're back. Well, like, you and Sebastian went to work out one evening. And, like, it was, like, midnight. I'm like, where are these fools? They were craving rice and vegetables and went to a Chinese restaurant that was still open at midnight. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So what is a tip you would give any of the other girls who are moving to a new city? Well, I would definitely, like, if you can, recommend, like, a city where your friends are. Like, I have multiple best friends here that I've already seen. And, like, one of my best friends, she, like, grew up here, came back, has really settled down here. And she has this, like, whole list of, like, different restaurants that she's tried, that she likes, that she wants to try. And I will say in Raleigh, like, everybody wants to go try a new restaurant. Like, it's not like you go to your same place. It's very much like everyone's like, all right, like, it's like, okay, like, where do you recommend? And everyone has a different recommendation. Like, mm-hmm. I've asked multiple people, it's like, okay, like, where do you recommend for Chinese food? Everybody has a different recommendation. Everyone's a different recommendation for, like, Mexican and Italian. Go, where to go get drinks? I just think it's just so much, like, diversity and, like, really good restaurants. But, I mean, for me, I would say, like, if you can go to a city where your friends are, because I think that's going to make a huge difference. I think that, I mean, for us, community, we had like really good friends in Greensboro, but they were a lot older than us and a lot different place in life than us. Mm-hmm. 
And, like, yeah, like, we'd go get dinner with them, but it's not like they want to go get drinks and stay out till past midnight. Mm -hmm. And so, I, and so, like, I didn't have, like, any of, like, my close friends. Like, my best friend that I've had since eighth grade lives here with um, her significant other. My sorority sister, that's one of my best friends. I was in my wedding. She lives here. And it's just, like, having that community, I think, is, like, made like a big difference for us mm. and i can give you the other side of the coin for something yeah i'm gonna say one tell us don't, you don't know anyone don't be afraid to put yourself out yeah. there right uh big cities like this have a lot of young professional organizations and you know uh, different restaurants have like special events trivia nights stuff like mm -hmm. that go out there and meet people um it's 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 Church. putting yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit but honestly that is part of the adventure right yeah, uh, yeah. And, and through that i mean uh, again i kind of just hit the scene and started randomly popping up at events like, who's this kid what's he doing i'm just here to, to hang out guys how are y'all doing and and again a lot of those people uh, okay it's also a little different for guys than it is for girls but keep going well, yeah, but I mean, I would say, like, I did, we did the same thing when we were in Greensboro Grand, like, Sebastian knew people, but I didn't know anyone, and so just, like, getting involved, I mean, especially, like, Absolutely. getting involved with, like, the local Republican Party and the local, like, YR group, I mean, I would say that's probably what you your church when you moved here, is just getting involved, whatever your interests are, you can find those groups. Yeah, find a good church, that's something yes, that, that too. when I... When I was in Virginia Beach, I, I one day I'm gonna stop talking about my time in Virginia Beach. One day I'm gonna say when I was in Charlotte, when I was in Virginia Beach, living my best life. That is one thing that made a huge difference was getting a good community at my church, and then also too uh, in my apartment complex, I made like three really good friends mm -hmm. there. Two, two good friends. I'm saying three, but that person didn't live there. He was just always there. Um, but the point is like a good community and getting involved in a church too makes a huge difference. Yeah. And you, you say difference. something important about like apartment complex. I don't know if this is just the case in Raleigh, but there's like an effort uh, or like a, a consistent effort from apartment complexes here in Raleigh to make, to make a community, to make it a community. Charlotte, yeah. same way. Like a pizza night or, this, yeah. that, and the other. Charlotte. Here, I lived in an apartment complex of townhomes, and they had stuff like that all the time, and, and I always appreciated it. And you I feel meet like... Meet your neighbors, yeah. Yeah, but I feel like the difference is, like, the apartments we were at, and this is what I recommend, too, like, when you're looking for a place, find a place with people your own age that are around. I think, like, the last two apartment complexes we were at, which we loved the staff, we loved where we lived, but the people around us were not our age. Mm -hmm. It was a lot no. of, honestly, families, um, divorced families and with kids and like high school kids. And um, I mean, there was, I don't think there's anyone our age that lived in our building at least. Mm -hmm. And they, and like our complex, like, like you said, like didn't really th like have anything special, but um, I would say too, and I think this is what we're realizing now, because like we're like renting a house in this beautiful neighborhood with a lot of families like our age, and I think that's like makes has made like a huge difference because like we're seeing people that are in the same life as where we are that are um, like young professionals, young married couples, young kids, and so just find like wherever you live. Make sure it's like people your age is living there because I think that that made a huge difference from 
where we're living in Greensboro to where we're living now in Raleigh. I am so happy for you because you even sound like you're like thriving. Yeah, I was. <laughs> you sound like happier. Yeah, you sound like you're happier. It was a very stressful moving situation. I will say, um, we U-Haul told me the wrong size truck, so uh, the truck was not big enough, and <gasps> we had to make multiple trips back and mm. forth to Greensboro. And it was just very, like, stressful and just, like, getting everything set up and uh, yeah, 100% done, I think. We need to put up, like, pictures is really, like, the last thing we need to do. But, like, that was, like, I mean, that was the most stressful move I've ever dealt with. And my, <laughs> really, like, yeah, you haul lying about the, I just had a really bad experience with you haul and... Between, like, that and then, so, like, they changed the pickup location on us, but then didn't tell us. So, we go there to pick it up, and they're like, it's not here. It's all the way, 30-minute drive across town. And then they changed the drop-off location on us. And so. Oh, wow. Like, it was just, like, a very. Make sure you leave a bad review. It was just, like, a really bad experience. And, honestly, we got ripped off by the movers, too, which was very frustrating as well. Um. But it was an expensive move, but I definitely think it was worth it. I think. Yeah, it sounds like it was for the better. Yeah. I think we're a lot happier. We have a lot more space. The dogs seem a lot happier. We actually have a kitchen to cook. Like, I feel like, and I mean, I don't know if you agree, but Sebastian and I were talking. It's like, we feel like we have more time in the day here than what we did in Greensboro. And I don't really know how, like, I'm, like, able to get, I feel like I'm able to get so much more stuff done. Like, I, we've incorporated. You're happier. You're not as, like, sad. That's what it is. Like, I feel like you're just. <laughs> but it's like, like, we're able, like, to incorporate, like, actually, like, going to the gym, mm-hmm. which we weren't able to do that in Greensboro. And, like, incorporate, like, like, we're actually cooking, which is, like, if you know us, we don't cook. And like we're whoa, we hardly go out to eat now, except like a couple times a week, like on the weekends. Yeah, I'm sure. Like we're actually like cooking and like eating the food we're buying, and really like focusing on like a lot of like our health stuff. Like I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast, but like for Sebastian and I, like our kind of New Year's resolution was so like this was like the year we focused on us because like our first year of marriage was. COVID and was dedicated to the campaign and then we were planning on running again for 22 and that didn't pan out so like 2021 was still kind of focused on campaigning I mean he, he was pretty much already campaigning and so it's like the first two years of our marriage was kind of dedicated to him running for office and it's like okay like this is and like a lot of our decisions we made those first two years were based off of him running for office which is what happened had to happen at that point but now it's like okay the decisions we're making is going to be made for like our relationship and like our future and that was kind of the decision to move to raleigh was okay like this is what's going to be best for our marriage and our future for our family and and just uh you know not to get into your business right but (laughs) but but i Let's get into it. That's why we're here. <laughs> but I think that a move was necessary for, for that sort of reset to happen, yeah. right? Because you, you made an interesting point about 
um, having more time in the day. And, and, and I can kind of explain that in the fact that, like, I feel like in Greensboro, myself included for the month that I was there, you're going to have 110%, <laughs> right? Yeah. You've got to get to this meeting here and you've got to get to this fundraiser and then this, that, and the other mm-hmm. because you were still sort of in that campaign mode and, and, and having to... And the obligation. the obligation. Like, we felt like yeah. even though he wasn't running anymore, it's like we still had to feel obligated to, to be involved and, and, you know, and pay your dues and stuff. Look, keeping up a, a political profile, you know, just for you, yourself as an individual is hard work for a couple. It I is. Can't imagine. And so that, that's, that's full-time work. And so I feel like that right now you guys are in a place where you're new to a city, you'll get involved in your time, but right now it's a healthy place where mm-hmm. you guys can focus on yourself and, Focus yeah. on your health and, 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 you know, so you're getting done what you need to get done, not tacking on all of the crazy extra stuff that life, yeah. life throws at you when you're in politics. Yeah, I felt like when we were in Greensboro, it's like, I mean, right when Sebastian moved there, he was working for Hardister. And so he was like immediately involved in politics. And then when Greensboro, after we got engaged, I was immediately in politics. So we, we've never had opportunity in our relationship to just be like okay like you know what we're just going to take a step back from politics right now like we're going to do like the minimum we're not going to be like overly involved right now like but like we get to kind of focus on like exploring our new city seeing friends um kind of figuring out like new um but also just enjoying your marriage that too yeah i don't think you've had the opportunity to do that with covid and yeah. an office running and, and not that you guys are happy of course you got you know the other yeah y'all are somebody i look up to but um but you know you guys get to relax for once yeah. and, and 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 enjoy it and so i'm, I'm glad to see you guys doing that yeah. out here yeah, and I will say, too, I mean, like, yeah, like, I mean, we've had arguments in the last month, don't get me wrong, but I think it's, like, we've, like, really have learned, I feel like in this month, we've learned more about ourselves in our marriage than probably, like, the more, like, the two years prior. Like, would you say that? Like, what you witnessed? Yeah, yeah. So. I also think that's interesting, and I'm not saying that this is wrong but i'm just saying this is something that people if you are going to start your marriage in a campaign or i think that's just something to be cognizant of um too so if anybody listening if your spouse or you yourself want to run at the beginning of your marriage these are just things to be cognizant i mean i hate to say it but like i mean look at madison cawthorn's marriage like him yeah running and like i mean they were running while what i mean before they even got engaged Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it yeah. was. I mean, I hate to say it, but it ended their marriage. And it's yes. very difficult as a yeah. couple to run for office when you're just starting out. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're happy and thriving, and sound like you're thriving too, Juan. And <laughs> well, we haven't even talked. That's about good. Juan. Like, how's like work going? Because you're like finally done with school. Yeah. Um, you have been You're in the real world. a full-time job. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. I just remember. So like the last time, the last time we spoke, I, I was in a completely different, yes. uh, different, different chapter. Weren't that, it was that long ago? I think, I think so. it was like in you November. You weren't even living with Oh, if it was in November, then yeah, that was that. A lot. I, <laughs> yeah. a lot has happened. 
I don't know how much you can share. Uh, well, maybe not. Maybe don't. Sh- maybe share. Don't share. I'll share what I'll, I'll share. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But so I, I graduated in December of 2021. Um, it was, you know, and, I, and I'm sure that there's a lot of people out there that that experienced the same thing that I did, that when we moved to online learning and Zoom University and stuff like that, <laughs> I, I'm a very dynamic person that loves to be in the classroom, loves to have that. Yeah. It really affected me and really affected the way that Mm -hmm. I learned and and my grades struggled and stuff like that. And so uh, it was, uh, you know, I was scheduled to to graduate in December of 2021, but that really reflected on my grades, right? I had to. No, you were scheduled to graduate May. You said December. No, no, I was scheduled to graduate in December. Oh, never mind. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> You're fine. And but that 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 was solely based on grades. I came out with all A's, which was fantastic. But uh, but that that also came out of a lot of hard work and stress and and this that and the other. Um, and for two weeks, my school, I took like my last final, and my school was like, great, fantastic. <laughs> and I'm like, y'all not gonna let me know if I graduated or not, or, or, or <laughs> eventually I finally went down to the school, and the registrar didn't even tell me like congrats or anything. She was like, oh, you're good. That that's how I got four years. And I got. <laughs> I haven't even gone by to pick up my diploma. That that's that's how busy. Sounds about right. Because so- sounds yeah, sounds about right. Literally <laughs> two hours after I learned that I had graduated. Up. Yeah. <laughs> hours after I learned that I graduated, I got a call uh, uh, from the Mark Walker for U.S. Senate campaign, and they said, we'd love for you to come on as political director. And, you know, I loved my job at the legislature. It was an incredibly rewarding job. Uh, I loved my time working for Representative Hardister and helping out people, particularly in the constituent services area, helping the little people with with the problems of state government, right? Uh, roads, uh you know, missing accounts, veterans affairs, uh, Department of Health and Human Services. It was very rewarding to just be a, a little bit of good in somebody's life. And, An actual civil servant. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I felt very rewarded in that job. But, um, you know, decisions had to be made. And, and after a lot of prayer and, 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 and obviously the full support of Representative Hardister, it, it, it looked like you know, this was the time to make that transition for a number of reasons. One of them is because the fight is here and the fight is now, right? We're When we're talking about getting involved and, and doing all you can to save democracy and save North Carolina and everything that you're seeing on the national level, here you're presented with an opportunity to actually have a tangible impact in that. And so I, I couldn't let that get passed. And secondly, look, I'm 22 years old. There's only one time in my life that I'm going to be able to do this at 110% like I am right now when you, you're you in, in, in the next chapter of life like Vic and Sebastian are when you're marriage and thinking about kids and thinking about that mortgage and stuff like that. It slows you down a little bit. And so I, I have an incredibly supportive uh, uh, group of friends, an incredibly supportive girlfriend uh, who understands that, you know, well, she... Uh, a week or a couple of days may go by that we don't see each other or something, but she knows that we're out there working and, 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 and focusing on our futures and hopefully a future that we may have together. And so that, that she's great. By yeah. The way. And so that's been great. Um, but also on top of that is the person and, and I, 
I don't want to use this to campaign or anything, but just knowing who Congressman Walker is as as a human and how genuine he is, his spirit is, um, you know, in, in, in the throes of the campaign life, it, it can get a little frustrating the day-to-day um, with the press and the opposition and, and everything else that's going on. But but when you believe in, in, in such a person as I do in Congressman Walker, it, it's worth it. And, and you know that he's running for the right reasons and you're you're playing a role in that and and hopefully in bettering and uh, and contributing to a more open and decent politics in North Carolina as well as in DC. Uh, so we're excited. We're trucking along, but um, you know my my schedule is very hectic. Sometimes yes. I'm in Raleigh. Sometimes I'm in Greensboro. Um, sometimes you're in Charlotte. Yes, exactly. Uh, so I've actually become a frequent commuter of. Uh, NC by train. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I ride, I, I commute from Raleigh to Greensboro and sometimes to Charlotte via the train. Big plug in for the train system in this state, by the way. It's actually fantastic and cheap. Is it? Yes. Yeah. So, so tell us about your training experience. Yeah. So, so the thing is that, you know, with the gas prices, the way that they are, it's ridiculous. And so mm-hmm. back in the day, you could kind of afford to put 20 bucks in your gas, in, in, in the tank to drive from Greensboro to Raleigh and or for it a used to be a decent commute. It used to be a decent commute. It's an hour. It's not, you know, it wasn't that horrible, but now it's a guaranteed 35 to $45 in gas, or you can just take the train for a $22 round trip, free parking at the train station. Uh, there's Wi-Fi, so you can work on there. Um, it's, takes about an hour and 10 minutes as well. So the commute isn't that that different and I get to work. And so it, it's, I kind of get the best of both wor- worlds. I get to be on a schedule. And again, for $22 from Ra- Ra- from Raleigh to Greensboro, you can't beat that, right? Um, and hopefully we'll get to a point where we can afford, right? Gas again. <laughs> <Yes, yeah. laughs> <laughs> kind of got to get creative. And there's a meme out there that says, you know, modern problems require modern solutions. I think I found one. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. I didn't know that about North Carolina's train system. Can you explain real quick for our North Carolinians, where does the train go from? Like, who can ride the train? Mm-hmm. Like, what? Yeah, I didn't even know we had a train in so there Charlotte. Are, uh, so there's uh, two main lines. One is called the, the Piedmont, and the other one's called the Crescent. So the Piedmont is a bit of a commuter train. It, it runs from Raleigh to Greensboro uh, and then down to Charlotte several times a day. So where in Charlotte, so like say like Mal wants to come up here for an event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where in Charlotte? Right, they're typically near their downtown. Uh, the Amtrak station in Charlotte is right outside of downtown. Oh, is that the Amtrak station? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I know all about that. When I was uh, living in New Jersey, sometimes I take the train mm-hmm. in. I didn't know we had one that was like within the state. I thought yes, yes, yes. I knew we had one around the country. I didn't know we had one within the state. So it's so so the train is operated by Amtrak, uh, but they are state trains. Oh, they actually are painted in North in the North Carolina flag colors, and uh, the coaches are actually named after like state symbols, like the gray squirrel or the channel bass. It's very cute. Um, I- I love how much you love North Carolina. It's very admirable. I just love how much he loves the train. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and you got me on a podcast talking about it, right? And then what's the other yeah. one? Yeah. Where's the other one go? Um, and the other one uh, kind of goes uh, 
the eastern way, it goes down Rocky Mount, Fayetteville, um, and then down to Charleston. Uh, so that one's a little bit less frequent, but mm-hmm. so basically that 85 corridor, the major cities, Raleigh, Greensboro, Charlotte, you can hit them several times a day. Wow. I might do that for a weekend. Yeah. It won't be in April because I'm booked every single weekend in April, but maybe in May. Yeah. I might just one Friday night just hop on a train. Wow. I mean, I, I, I can't say anything but good things. It is not. Wow. No, no, sometimes actually. I think people are starting to get the hand. I, mean, mm. I, I got on one, uh, but only one. I mean, 20... last week. I was like, oh, we've got a lot of people in here, which is cool. $22 is not bad. Mm-hmm. Can you get like a. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Um, so you can do like multi ride passes. I'm trying to advocate for a monthly pass, like a fee where you can just get on and just show it um like a bus pass mm-hmm, there's some of that um in other states so maybe north carolina will bring that they have that in, in jersey mm-hmm. in new york because that'd be cool as a, mm-hmm. as a commuter you know because right now i've kind of got to order my ticket uh on the app every single time yeah up, but still it'd be great to have a pass that is okay wow well you guys are that's a young 30 flirty and thriving but that's not it you guys aren't in your 30s but you guys are 20s and 20s and twinkling is that one what restaurant if someone's coming to raleigh where would should they go eat see that's such a difficult question because when, when people ask me that, I'm always like, so what are you into, though? Because Raleigh... Chinese, Asian, Raleigh anything Asian. so much stuff that you have to break it down into categories, right? If you want Mexican food, you've got San Marcos, you've got Cantina 18 in Cameron Village, you've got um, Toreros, which is fantastic. They um, have $3 mm-hmm. margaritas on Mondays. Mm-hmm. There's a cheese okay. in, in, in mm-hmm. Morrisville, which is like Tex-Mex, but it's also delicious. You know, uh, you guys have a more a place called Mooresville. Yes. So yours is M O O R. Ours is M O R R. Oh, okay, okay. And, and you know, if you want Asian food, you've got Combo Ramen downtown. You've got, oh, I went there last week. It's got, so good. You've got Rock and Roll Sushi, which is like this. Con- I want to go uh, of sushi that cut keeps coming. So if you've never, yes, and, yeah. So if you and it's like what eighteen bucks. Yeah. So if you've never had sushi and you want to try it, this is where you should do it at. Is like rock and roll sushi. If you end up not liking it, you can order a limited hibachi. Yeah, and, and it's all included in your ticket. It's like eighteen bucks, twenty if you want a soda. Um, and, and so there's there's a, a, and there's like an array of local, small, family-owned mm-hmm. Chinese restaurants. Each one has a, a character of its own. No one is like the other. So you've got these small gems. So yeah. You've got all of this stuff, Indian food. You've got Royal India, Dharani Express by NC State, salt and uh, vinegar, I think it's called, down in Cary. Um, it, it's all fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it, you know, so so this is the place to explore food. And uh, I, I went to a French restaurant the other day. They gave me a snail. What's it called? Escargot? Escargot. Escargot. There is, like, a Cajun restaurant that my friend's recommending. Um, something in North Hills. I can't remember the name. Okay, no, the, yeah. it's downtown. It's, like, St. Something. Mm-hmm. I always forget the name that she's like recommending. Where would you go get drinks? Where would I go get drinks? So there are 
a number of places that I think are fantastic. Uh, one of them is brand new. It's called the Willard, which is on top of yes. a, which is on top of a hotel, high rise hotel here. So, in if you guys go to my Instagram, I think this is my current Instagram picture, or I had posted it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's on the that political. Yes, uh, it's my Instagram picture of that political life, and it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's a rooftop bar. You get a can't beat views of the city. Yep. Um, Drink prices are regular. They're like they're not overpriced. Yeah, just down. Oh wait, it's not your profile picture anymore for that political life. Yeah, it is. Unless someone changed. Now I'm looking at that political life. It's your oh, blog. Oh, it's oh, your... That's right. I did change it. Yeah. <laughs> Lol. You say if someone changed it, <laughs> it was you. <laughs> but if you go, it was you. Political life, like my bio, it's that pic. It's a very pretty yeah, picture. Down the street is Sea Grace, which is a jazz bar. Um, they have live music every night starting at 7.30. Fantastic staff. Um, you know, and, and that's just two that you can mention. There's stuff all over yeah. the city. And, like, I will be adding to my section on that political life called Traveling the Capitals, like, all the finds that we find in Raleigh. Like, all our recommendations. I just... If anyone uh, is listening, it sounds like we should have, if anyone is listening, um, for those of you who are listening, <laughs> if anyone is listening, um, for those of you who are listening, it sounds like we should have, like, a meetup in Raleigh. Pop up, That's I what I'm hearing. Like, really cool political people. Like, we would have, like, Caroline and, like, her new baby come when the baby <gasps> Oh, ba- okay, that Caroline. Okay. Yeah. I think I I was thinking of your other friend Caroline, and I was like, oh. too. Like she lives in. Rome. Yeah, 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 yeah. We should. We could do like a pop up and just go and do fun. Like we do a restaurant, a, I did a bar, and like a something. Did you know that? I did not know that. So okay. We did a trolley pub, mm-hmm. and it's like where like you pedal. Like it's like this whole. I I don't know how to describe it. How would you describe yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like this, like, enlarged bike yeah, with a bar in the middle. Yeah. Okay. And you, pe- you pedal while you drink. It's supposed to keep you sober longer. I don't know. No, that wasn't. That's interesting. But, no, like, and then, like, it's, like, you go to different bars. So, like, we went to, like, a really cool, like, 90s dance club. And um, the Raleigh Times is a really cool bar, too. Um, we went one other place I can't remember. But. Well, it just sounds like we should definitely all figure out how we can do a Raleigh. Those are the girls meetup weekend. I think that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Um, yeah. Wow. Um, I feel like we should start getting into the topics. Yeah, we We've been going said five minutes. It's like thirty. Yeah. Yeah. It's been thirty. <laughs> well, no. Yeah, well, a little bit more than half, or a little bit less than half. But anyway, because uh, you know we talk for a while, but that's okay because this is, I guess, part. I mean, this is part of the episode, talking about Raleigh, talking about our lives. Um, I'll do the first part of it, and then until the, because I'll do the thing that we said we were going. to. Okay, cool. So everybody, you guys all ready? Everybody have their cup for tea. Trying to be healthier, so I've got my water. <laughs> Okay, that's fine, I guess. Uh, here we go. Clink. Cheers. We need a teacup sound. How can we do that? I know. I can. Oh, I looked. They don't have one. There's a 
let me just make sure it's not in here. Yeah, they have nothing for tea, but we'll try to figure maybe we can add one. Um, okay, so first we want to talk about um the slap. The slap heard around the world. I wasn't sure if we would talk about like I posted on the Instagram page. I was like, guys, tell me your opinion. I'm not sure if it's still gonna be relevant. Oh my god, it's still relevant. It's probably relevant it's for another two relevant. more weeks. It's still relevant. Um one thing is I'm really glad it wasn't um like a woman and a guy or like people of two races, because then it would be I mean the think pieces would be crazy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so <laughs> thanks guys. Thanks everybody. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I know I'm so funny, guys. Everybody stop laughing. Um okay, so Juan, you wanted to talk about it. What was your opinion? What was your initial thought? I think it's ironic because you literally had watched bad boys that morning. <laughs> no, seriously, like I like so like I like I, I'm I'm such a huge Will Smith fan, by the way. Are you really? Yeah, okay. really am. and and Bad Boys, Bad Boys Two, some of my, one of my favorite movies. Um, Never seen it. Anyway. I was watching it uh, uh, earlier that day. I had no intention of watching the Oscars. I have not watched them for a I number don't think of anyone years. Anyone was? I, I don't think anyone was. Uh, was, was I didn't really. Yeah. Um, I think it had like the second lowest rating ever, uh, or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. like that. And I don't it was the second. Yeah. I don't even just watch them or not watch them for political reasons. I just wasn't interested. I mean, I have other things to do on my Sunday night, and so. And it's never the things that win. I feel like are never things that people have actually seen. Like I don't think I've ever seen. Yes, but like. For me, it's like, I just want to know who won. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, me too. I'm just curious. Like crazy, like, abstract, artsy stuff that wins. And it's like, well, what about Spider Man No Way Home, which was the biggest mm-hmm. movie of the year? See, the Oscars is just, it's the biggest example of this could have been an email. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your list. They, okay, cool. That person won. Shout out to. Our Ariana, who won Best Supporting Actor, she's a North Carolina native, and yes, from uh, the West Side Story. From West Side, from West Side Story. Oh, okay. Nice. And, and, and I think we're gonna talk about that later. But uh, um, you know, so I had no intention of watching or even caring about it until um, my girlfriend texted me. She's like, "Will Smith just knocked <laughs> the crap out of uh, Chris Rock," and I'm like, "No!" And and I go to Twitter because the Twitter is the decider of all. Right and and that's where you find out what's actually going on, you know, and then and, a month later it'll be on Facebook. And look, there's been a lot of stuff said on online that I'm not going to repeat. Uh, on, on you know whether Will Smith was correct or wasn't correct, uh, you know there's. Oh, that's what this podcast is about. Tell us if, if you were correct. Say, or not. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, no, there's, there's two ways to see it, I think, and and I could argue both ways, but I, I just want to <laughs> highlight Chris Rock's professionalism. To not take the, the <laughs> really to not take the low road. That man took it like a champ, kept the show going. And for someone who has uh, been on stage and been in theater, stuff happens. Hecklers or or, or something goes awry. And in order in, in, in to keep your cool and keep the show going and stay focused is a lot more professional and a lot more to me of an accomplishment than you know 
Winning an Oscar. That, you know, frankly, <laughs> because I going and, and you know, I think half of it was shock, right? That's what I was gonna say. Like he was probably shocked. Like what the heck? Somebody comes and just slaps me across the face. <laughs> that didn't happen. That that didn't happen. I know. <laughs> I'm good, you know, and then process it backstage. And but, but I think that he knew he had a job, and, and um, somebody took it too far. But he kept it going, and I think in all of this, his his professionalism was lost. Uh, in, in all of this, doesn't talk about as much as it should be. Um, so, but but uh, but yeah, I'll let you guys. Well, did you see that even like Jada Smith was like laughing at the joke? before like this so came out on thursday that she was laughing at the joke i thought she was laughing at will hitting him no, That's no, what no. I thought she the... was laughing at the joke gave him a look and then was laughing at will hitting him I'm okay well the publicity I'll... stunt because if it wasn't for the slap it would be the lowest ratings of all time yeah and well i'm still convinced it was a publicity stunt yeah, I don't think that at all. Um, I also, so I do want to say this really quick about laughing and then not laughing. Have you not ever been in a situation where, like, someone kind of is making fun of you and then you're like, wait a second. Like, I don't think that means anything, okay. her laughing first or even him laughing first. Because I've been in situations where I've been uncomfortable, like, <laughs> wait, did you just call me an idiot type of thing? So, like, that I don't think was, um, like, people are using that as an example. I don't. I mean, we've all been in situations like that. Number two, I don't think it was fake because um, I I think that Chris Rock's reaction was incredibly... Like, maybe Will said he wanted to do something beforehand, but I don't think Chris Rock or the Academy or the Oscars people were in on it because, uh, to me, Chris Rock looked genuinely shocked, Mm. especially, like, the slap, and then especially, like, when... Will started screaming because everybody. So I listened to this guy's podcast that was there. He's an influencer, and he was saying like, uh, everybody thought it was fake. Everybody thought it was part of the show. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's a weird thing to do for the show. And then Will started screaming. I was like, oh, wait a second, this isn't. Oh, he's really mad. And I feel like that is kind of how it was. And that's kind of like I woke up to people sending me the slap. I was asleep because, you know, I go to bed as early as possible. And then I woke up and I had a bunch of like, did you see, did you see? And I'm like, okay, what the heck is happening? I didn't even hear the joke until like that night because nobody was talking about even the joke. So I was like, what is this joke that was so bad? Um, So my initial thought was, oh my God, good for him standing up for his girl. And then I was like, that's really inappropriate. Like you just assaulted someone on stage. Like you should have had better um yeah, I, better self control. Victoria this my initial my initial thing is like look obviously when you're at the Oscars it's sort of like a you know a a, 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 a free for right? you 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 crack jokes at the expense of an audience. You 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 gotta come into those things expecting that it's gonna happen. You're not gonna like everything to right. joke about you, and if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen, right? Right, right, it's exactly. Just the example that was given to the children of America that yeah. night—it's like, oh, I don't like something, but I'm just gonna resort to violence. Yeah, and, and I was listening to a podcast, um, Bobby Bone Show, and Bobby <laughs> Bones was saying he's like the thing that Will should have done was like gone up taken the mic away from Chris and said, 
this is why this joke is inappropriate. She's dealing with this disease. Mm. She, yeah. struggling because she's dealing with this disease. This is why you shouldn't joke about this. Yeah, hey, man, this wasn't cool. Let me tell you why. Yeah. And, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, that would have been more appropriate. Kind of how you, you address it and stuff. And look, I, I get fits of passion and, and this, that, mm-hmm. and the other, but you got to be the bigger person. And, and the le- that wasn't the lesson that was yeah. that was displayed there. And it's really, Mm-mm. you know, it really, really sucks to see that again. I, I'm a huge Will Smith fan. Um, but I think he's going through something else. Like, there's, oh, he had to free him to snap like that. Yeah, saying like, I think there's something else going on here. Absolutely, for him to snap like that on the Bobby Bunn Show podcast. I think it was like Thursday's episode. They were talking to a comedian, and he's like, "The issue with this slap is it's gonna affect comedy mm-hmm. from now on." Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like I was, and this is why it's lasted this long is because it's like this is gonna redefine how we can do comedy. Mm-hmm. Comedy has been going, particularly stand up, right? Has been going through this metamorphosis the last. Uh, being politically correct. Being politically correct. What mm-hmm. now? What can you joke about? What is appropriate to say? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you go back and look at some of the brilliant comics and their yeah. comedy specials in like the 1990s George Lopez, Carlos Mencia, Freddie Soto, uh, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. I mean, yeah, Bill Cosby pre-issues. Steve, Steve Harvey. Yeah. You know, these these pioneers of comedy. These are- Eddie Murphy. Those- oh, my gosh. Bernie Mac. Those, oh, those specials are canceled. Yep. They oh, yeah. cannot show them. <laughs> you know. Bernie Mac. No. Even you can't even show a Cat Williams special from 2012. Like, Heck, the Office, like yeah. they have episodes pulled, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, I don't know who was saying it, but like someone from the cast of The Office was like, "You can't have The Office today. Mm-mm. That would never." No, The Office wouldn't fly today, and he's absolutely right. I mean, and so what can you? Jo- what is okay to joke about? And yeah. I think that, comedy, yeah. You know, are really struggling with that. And and part of, you know, there's this internal fight that I, you know, I was hearing uh, Joe Rogan and another, and another comment, Bobby Lee talk about it. And it's like, you know, part of us wants to fight back and be like, no, like this is what comedy is. It's, it's allowing ourselves to laugh at each other and our shortcomings. And then be like, but man, at the end of the day, but we're learn from each other. Sisters learn from it and we're brothers and sisters we can poke fun and that's why we can and then this more sort of like amy schumer sarah silverman-esque type where it's like no everything has to be super woke and if you're going to laugh at someone you better be laughing at the republicans because they're the only people that that are, can are be made fun of. fun of yeah well that so that's what's so hard so so i feel like four things are true in this situation so, but first I want to say this. So, like, alopecia, alope- am I saying it right? Alopecia? I have no idea. But the disease Jada Pickett has, and the things like Chris, like, I didn't know she had it. I'm like, how- I don't think, and I didn't know. Chris, I don't think Chris Rock yeah, knew. So Chris Rock said, he's like, I didn't know she had it. And I'm like, I don't understand how people would not know she had it because she talks about it so much. Like, I had no idea. People talk on it. And, like, I'm see, like, I don't care about the red team. <laughs> Massachusetts that's part of like the woke squad um 
Ari- Ariana Presley? Is that her name? Um, no idea. She's an African-American woman from Massachusetts that's part of the ASC squad. She has it, too. Oh, I didn't know that either. Well, okay. So, like, so here's here's the thing. Like, yeah. the hair hair for women in general is like a touchy subject. If you add hair culturally for black women, it's an even more touchier mm-hmm. subject. So it's like, I don't, so I don't know. I think it was, I've heard a thousand people's opinions on this. I don't remember who it was, but someone was saying like, well, when there's, if you're at a comedy show and you're heckling someone in the audience, you can heckle their weight. That's like something that's like easy picking, stuff like that. But then it's like, do you heckle people like alopecia is an autoimmune disease? You can't really help that. There's like, do you heckle that? But it's also like, you don't know. Like, she really could just be, because there's people who shave their head all the time. So like, you don't know. So it's like, do you go, um, so should I, every time I go to a comic, Every time I go see stand up, should I be prepared? Because I am I'm fat. Should I be prepared for the person who's going to speak to make a joke about being fat? So it's just such a hard place. I'm not saying that, like, you can't make jokes. I'm glad that we're unpackaging both sides of this because I think both sides are very valid. And that's also why I think that this has stayed in the in the narrative or, or, or it, you know, the story has ran for as long as it has. We're almost at a week uh, since, since it um yeah, but I'm glad that we're we're looking at both sides because we just got done unpackaging everything that's wrong with the wokeism in comedy right now, and that's a valid point, and we can make that point every day. But also, it's this the fact that yeah, there are some things that are that that do cross the line. There is a line somewhere in comedy. Yeah, and and I think health issues are a part of that. You know. Um, yeah, now, I agree. Now here's the thing: I want to know, and I don't know if this question has has, has been actually asked. Did Chris Rock actually write that joke, or was it one of the Oscar writers that wrote mm. that joke? Because good point. I, I go back to uh, Pete Davidson when he made the joke about Dan Crenshaw. I, when when he said, "I genuinely didn't know Dan Crenshaw lost his eye in a war," I believe him. Mm. You know, like this guy's got his own world going on. He's not involved in politics or or whatever. He was just given a script, and then like. He says 30 seconds before somebody decided to do research and figured out that, that, you know, and I couldn't change my joke at that point. I was up for the, for the, for the weekend review. So, you know, I, it, it, you can see that. Yeah. Beginning. It's difficult. And I think this has prevailed because it is, it is, it, it is, it's so complicated. It is much more than just about the slap. It is about the reasoning, the motivation and, and, you know, I, I just think that maybe in a professional setting, because the Oscars is all a show, somebody should have told them, hey, listen, this joke's about to be said. Is it cool? Oh, yeah, that's hilarious. That's funny. Or no, please don't joke about that. And actually, you're going to joke about my wife, Sarah. She's actually got this disease, bro. And I don't think that would go off well, you know. Yeah. That and the other. I, I mean, I, I, I think that they're were some professional bounds that, that were not addressed there. Um, so so it, it's com- this is complicated. It's complicated. Yeah. Even if it was the writers who wrote it, why didn't they do the research? Well, yeah. I want to say, and I don't, I think Chris Rock wrote it. I think I heard, I think he did too. He said he wasn't. I don't know, but he I think he did. wrote it briefly right before he wasn't that like, prepared for it 
And the thing is also too, and also too, I want to say this, I, I not laugh, but I do, when people say like, it wasn't like the joke could have been a lot worse. Just a GI J. I didn't think, I didn't think it was funny either. Honestly, I, yeah. I thought it was inappropriate. I will. I, I'm not an Amy Schumer fan. I think she's funny when people write for her, but I will say when she came back and was like, "Did something happen?" It feels kind of weird. I thought that was funny, and I don't usually laugh at her. Or I'm sorry, I don't usually laugh with her. I'm usually laughing at her. That was funny. For the most part, though, it's just none of that stuff was really funny to me. I like. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't think people should be making jokes about stuff because I find Dave Chappelle hilarious. All of his quote-unquote offensive stuff, hilarious. I laugh, crack up, especially as someone who's black who understands, like, some of the cultural things that he says. But I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, the hair, like, I get why she was so upset and offended about the hair thing. And I get why it was a big deal. I don't think the slap was appropriate. Um, and I think you should be able to make jokes and laugh. I am curious, like, where is the line? Because when people are talking about it, I am thinking, I'm like, should I even ever go to a stand-up? Because to be honest, like, I don't want my fatness made fun of. Like, and, but that's what they do. Like, if you're fat in the audience, they're going to heckle you because that's just, that's the comedy. So it's like, uh, but does that mean I can never enjoy stand-up? This is another thing that's complicated. This is the fact that, like, and this whole mentality that you have to be either or, right? You have to be either right camp or completely in Will Smith's camp. And I think what we've emphasized here is it's like normalized saying that it's okay to say that Will Smith overreacted, but that Chris Rock crossed the line. Yep. Yes. And that's what I was going to say. So f- this is how I see it. There's four things. Will Smith overreacted. It's good that he stood up for his wife. Um, Chris Rock total f- a joke that I'm sure somebody somewhere thought was funny, but it was inappropriate. Like, I just think that's that's just where it is. I think that's just the truth of the matter. Um, does anybody have anything else they want to add on this? No, I think we're ready to go to the next story. Okay. So the next thing, really quick, because uh, we're running out of time. I want to do this because I had you guys do this on Instagram. All right. I'm going to list out four movies. You guys tell me which one do you think was the best one this okay. year. So... Um, on our Instagram, I said we're going to do our own fake Oscars next year. What I think we should do is, like, take it very seriously. We should start thinking of movies that are out now, write them down, dress up, go to someone's house, and, like, <laughs> open up an envelope and be like, this is – and we can do, like, a Patreon, <laughs> like, make it, like, a special thing. Like, I'm being dead serious. I think we should do that. But anyway, this year, did this on the fly. Um, I'm going to name four movies. You tell me which ones you think was the – which was the best to you. Okay, so you guys voted, and you said Spider-Man, No Way From Home. You said Free Guy. And then you tied between West Side Story and Shang-Chi. Out of the four of those, which do you think was the best? I haven't seen any of them. (laughs) Of course you haven't, Victoria! Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God, I haven't seen any of them because movies are just too long, and I don't have time for movies. Like, I don't even have time to watch a full TV show, so I just watch Friends. What have you seen? That stresses me out. So, I um, went to see West Side Story in theaters. Um, did you? I, oh, yes. You have a good take on this. I did, uh, mainly because, um, so, my, my girlfriend knows that I'm a theater buff, that, that you know, I love to. Aww. So, she tries to incorporate that whenever I can. I do appreciate that of her. And so, she's like, hey, West Side Stories. I didn't even know that they were remaking West Side Story. 
Um, and she said, let's go, let's go see it. So we made a whole date out of it. And I mean, it was okay. I mean, okay, so not West Side Story. All right, so we're taking West Side Story out. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me unpack it. She has an interesting thing like, okay. being like, like, you're like, you're. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. kind of like you know, it's really really interesting take what I asked him about it. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, okay. So, I mean, look, don't get me. So the performances were fantastic uh, for Ariana and the main character who played Maria. Rachel. Rachel, yes, Rachel. Um, they they did fantastic. The the male lead, not so much. Um, really, <laughs> you don't like Ansel Essenfor? Yeah. He does DJing in Raleigh sometimes, by the way. I don't see him, but <laughs> he just came across as kind of clunky and awkward, and and every I think really he's so cute. And the numbers were, were 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 well and well rehearsed and well executed. But him, just as an exception, to just did I did not buy it. I, I and that was really that there were some issues with him backstage and and stuff like that from from previous. There were some issues. Uh, some like mm-hmm. what was it? Um, Homie's very grabby. I hear. Yeah, he had some. No, don't tell me that. Blanket on the name. I don't want to hear that. He Ansel against him. Mm-hmm. Ansel Essen. But it was like it, I don't think it was at this movie. I think it was like years prior. I'm not sure. I'm um, not sure. You know, I, I read it. Maybe he's grown. A month since I saw it, and I haven't gotten back okay. since. But um, you know. <laughs> That, that, uh, that my girlfriend told me that I'm not sure is true or not. I told her, "Are you keeping up with this?" Because so I'm bilingual, right? Okay. And um, so I understand it, speak it, write it, uh, Spanish and English. A lot of that movie was in Spanish. That originally, really, a lot of it. To, and they they did not offer subtitles in English or anything. Mm. When Maria would just really, she just starts speaking Spanish. And so I understood it. I got it. But I'm like, but but like a significant, like maybe two thirds of this movie, half of, or no, maybe a little bit less than half of this movie was completely in Spanish. And so I'm, I, I at one point I leaned into my girlfriend who, uh, who doesn't speak Spanish. I'm like, are you understanding what's going on here? Because this is a, there's a lot of Spanish in the, <laughs> you know. And so she's like, oh well, well, this was actually made. For for the Hispanic population, I'm like, we're not watching this. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Just, you know, because you know, uh, West Side Story. I am to understand. I'm not an expert on it. Was written in the 1950s, right? Or, or, sure. or so. It was, it was. Yeah, it was one of the classics. Um, in, in, one of the classics. Yeah, it's, yeah, one of the classics. Yeah, classics. it's older. Look, there was. There were white people that wrote roles for uh for 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 colored characters and Hispanic you, characters. Yeah, and you can and you can tell, right? So I don't know if this. So while it is a beautiful story, I think it is a fantastic production. I don't think it would really resonate with Hispanic people, right? That's hilarious. Or why it would just go ahead and make it ha- like you know a little less than half completely in Spanish and targeted to them. <laughs> Maybe it's why it flopped because you know, well, the white people can who love it can't understand it, and the, it's not part of the Hispanic and the, yeah, and the Hispanic people who can't understand it aren't going to go watch it because they don't care about it. So 
Wow, that I did not know that. Like, that's interesting. I mean, that's part of being out of touch. What was the <laughs> movie that the Hamilton guy made them like in, in the Heights? In the Heights. In the Heights. Yes. musical that the Hispanic culture loved. And, and because there were references in there to stuff that I grew up with and, and that I can I, I identify with. And actually, I think you and I talked about yeah. it. That I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. This uh, The movie adaptation caught a lot of hate. I thought it was brilliant. It was fantastic. I cried through the entire thing. Vic was like, Aww, I, I watched 30 minutes. I just could not get into it. And I understood that, though, because I'm like, of course not, because there's references and there's stuff that I grew up with and, 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 and I cherish. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's cool that you did it. And that's cool. No, it's an yeah. experience, right? To learn more about cultures and an exploration of, of, of really what it's like to dive into Hispanic culture. But um, I understand if you weren't as passionate about it as yeah. I was, because I love the Mark Anthony, who is a fantastic, who's a fantastic, one of my favorite uh, singer artists. Love Mark he had Anthony. A, he had a cameo. But when he oh. came on screen, I was ecstatic. I was like, oh my God, that's Mark Anthony. Oh, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. That, but that was cool to me. Mm-hmm. There, there yeah. People, you know, Caucasian folks that watched it, saw Mark Anthony, didn't have no idea who he was. Is that don't the guy it. who was with Jayla? <laughs> yeah. My body don't lie. Let it rain over me. So, so that's I don't know, where I, think I know. That was a, a, so I think West West oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. that. Um, okay. So you want to keep it in the running then? You think it's yeah. a top movie? Yeah. Okay, so go through it. We so it was Spider-Man, Free Guy, Shang Chai, and West Side Story. Which one would you go with? Oh, West Side. Okay. West Side and a close second. Okay. A close second would be uh, No Way Home. Um, Did you see it? I'm frantically texting my brother. He's the actually the movie guru in the family. <laughs> he loves all things movies and he, yeah, you know, so that's what he wants. No Way Home for yeah. me. No, without a doubt. I, I don't even understand how these are even on the option. No Way Home. Fantastic mm-hmm. movie. Lo- tons of emotion. So good. Cannot wait for... Um, the Doctor Strange one. We're for Team Wanda. Women's rights and their wrongs. I love it. Cannot wait. You want to just guess at one? Vic? I would just assume Spider Man No Way Home. It was like the biggest movie of the year. Yeah, and it got snubbed yeah. at the Oscars. Yeah. Why so have he ever been nominated at the Oscars? I don't think so. No, because there's not a category. Also, too, I found that there's not a category for comedy either. But, at but the Oscars. like, why wouldn't it be like? No Way Home, like, Tom Holland be considered for, like, Actor of the Year because of it. Um, I I think because there's not a... It, I think it has to be... Someone would have to be within those categories. And they have the categories, and I think they pick the Actor of the Year from those categories. Mm, I didn't know that. It makes sense so, that they suck. Yeah. Because they're not... They don't have comedy, and they don't have one for superheroes. Yeah. Um, so, for the actor... The most I got the most were um, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh, I did not see that. I kind of want to see that, though. That. Oh, my God. I watched it. It was Did you like incredible. it? He was incredible. Okay. And it's like, this is Andrew Garfield. This is Spider-Man. Like, it was just like. I need to see it. He played. So, essentially, it's the autobiography of the guy who wrote Rent. And he wrote his story. That's what Tick, Tick, Boom is, is the musical of his oh. 
And it's just beautiful how, like, it just incorporated all the music and, like, his story through. And, like, he died fairly young. I think he had, like, a heart condition. But it was just so beautiful because he he himself wasn't gay. But because he was involved in theater in the 90s, he had, like, a lot of gay friends. Mm -hmm. And this was during, like, the peak of the AIDS pandemic. And it was just, like, so, like, because, like, I don't think, like, we really, like, besides, like, what, um, Philadelphia, there's really hasn't been a movie discussing, like, the 90s AIDS pandemic that our generations really watch. And it was just so eye-opening for me to see it. Oh, so there was a lot about that? Yeah, and it was just, like, beautifully done up. Like, his best friend gets, like, AIDS and, like, just, like, kind of, like, how that led him to, like, write, like, all the failures he had writing scripts and he's made one of the biggest modern shows of all time and then died much after making it oh wow okay maybe i need to see it i mean clearly so beautiful clearly people like he got the most in the actors i keep telling you Um, to watch it i watched it on the plane on a plane like traveling okay and the actress, um, the person, someone said Kamala Harris, but we won't say her. We're being, we're being honest. The other person is Kristen Stewart for Spencer, and Vic saw that. And I don't know why people hated it. I thought it was beautifully done. Granted, like, I love royals. I love royal histories. I love historical fiction books about royals and historical movies about royals. But Kristen Stewart... Like, how they did her hair and makeup, her voice, like, she was Princess Diana. Like, she looked exactly like Princess Diana. It's like, this is Bella from Twilight. Like, she had this whole British accent, and she talked like Princess Diana with, like, that soft voice. And it's just, like, really kind of, like, showing, like, her struggles, like, with the royal family and with, like, disordered eating. And Mm. it was just, I thought it was beautifully done. I thought... Like, people, I don't understand why people hated on it. Like, that was, like, one of the movies, like, I was most excited for this year. And it for me, it- I'm pretty sure, didn't it get a Razzie? I think it got, because I know House of Gucci got a Razzie, which I was shocked. Was, have you seen House well, Lady Gucci? Gaga. I was, like, really? No, I haven't seen it yet. Flop, but I've also heard it was kind of a flop. I heard it was a flop, but that's hard for me to believe because Lady Gaga, I do not recommend the show. Before I decided to be more cautious about what I watched, I watched, yes. I I will say this, I fast forwarded a lot, especially that season, her first season, because it was like literally just, it was too much, but I, see, I like thrillers and that's what I was going in for. But anyway, Lady Gaga acted her butt off in that. I thought she she was the best. Her and it's fantastic. You ever- oh, and I hear she was so great. I need to see that. I have not yeah. seen that. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It's like, the, it's like. Everybody says I'd love it. I mean, I guess because it's, it's like all the hair and makeup. Really, this is Lady Gaga. Like, yeah, like that was like the genius behind her doing all the hair and makeup and like the extreme stuff. Because like. If she did, like, like in movies, you're like, okay, like, this is just another actress. Hold on, I have a funny story. Yeah. About the stars more. Here's how I knew me uh, and uh, a girl that I was seeing at the time probably weren't the best fit for each other. We went. Oh, God. We went to see A Star is Born, 
and I don't remember what the line is exactly. So Bradley Cooper said something sweet to Lady Gaga's character, and I was like, "Oh, that's really sweet." And right beside me, she's like, Ugh! and I'm like, <laughs> "We're on different planes here." <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Well, that is the short version of the Those Other Girls 2022 Oscars. Please look forward to us next year as we will do an Oscars. I also think we should do a Grammys and why not do a VMAs? Um, don't you... Let's do the one for the TV shows. Emmys? Emmys. Oh, we definitely should do TV shows. Oh my... When is that? We should do a serious one this year. Oh. Well, next year we'll do a... See, that... I. I admit, I do. I like music award shows. Like, I will watch the VMAs. I, ooh, we should make her watch the CMAs. Oh. Watch the country. <laughs> Is Carrie Underwood going to sing? Because that's my girl. <laughs> um, oh, did she? Oh, I'll have to uh, listen to it. Take a song. Well, band, Eat the Breathe, and, and that was the peak of her career. I'm sorry. You know, she came out with a gospel album. Yes, I listen to it. I love it. Oh my goodness. It's actually really good. Um, it's really good worship music. If you just need something, it's so good. Speaking of really good worship music, t-shirts can also be really good that have worship words on them. Um, and our today's sponsor, this episode is brought to you by Living in the Light Co. You should listen to uh the episode we did with the creator Brooke. And she essentially she created this brand. Um in 2019 and the goal is just to have really cute t-shirts and clothes that um have positive christian sayings when you work with her you know that you are going to get uh, even like her scrunchy stuff like that you're going to know you're helping a family and they do not cave to cancel culture use our code those girls to get 10 percent off um on your purchase awesome so our next story is Biden signs legislation named for Emmett Till making lynching a federal hate crime. President Biden has signed. We just went over that. Um, I really don't think we need to go into more detail. Okay, here we go. Um, under the bill, an, an offense can be persecuted as a lynching when the offender conspires to commit a hate crime that results in someone's death or serious bodily injury under the bill. This includes kidnapping and aggravated sexual abuse or an attempt to kidnap, abuse, or kill. A perpetrator can be sentenced to up to 30 years in prison for lynching alone, raising the minimum maximum sentence by 20 years from previous versions of this legislation. I had no idea this was happening. I'm surprised, like, New York Times didn't even report on it. So really? Okay. To kind of, did you know this was happening? So yeah. I heard that this was something that had been proposed um, a long time ago. Um I mean, I have tons of thoughts. Uh, I'm so, I don't know, does stuff ever get passed in D.C. ever, <laughs> frankly, other than like one or two bills a year? Yeah. So I'm sure they do, I'm sure they do. But look, like when you come from the legis- from the state legislature, you worked there for three and a half years and you're passing hundreds and hundreds of bills, um, you know, you, you get to, you see what D.C. is passing like two or three bills a month and it's not impressive. So I, I don't pay a lot of attention, but I, I had heard about this. Um, uh, but uh, I didn't know where it was in the process. Mal, do you want to give your thoughts? Because you said yes, and I know we're running long. Yes, yeah. So I have quick thoughts, and I want to say this. Um, and when I heard this, I was immediately was like, we have to talk about this because I have a lot of things to say, and I think my voice as an African American woman. 
I need to stop that. As a black woman matters in this topic. I think this is something that whenever people listening want to talk to your friends about this, I think you can go back and say, well, you know, she's black, whatever. Okay. So first of all, um, I think I want to first say like, this isn't a bad thing. It's not like, um, like that's what's so hard about some of the things that the left kind of pushes is that the words sound really good. It's not necessarily a bad thing that um, there's an anti-lynching law, um, but I think it's a really good example of um, of uh, pandering of performativism because the reality is this didn't do anything. Lynching is already against the law. I looked up a couple of things. I really didn't want to talk about this. Um, so I looked up a couple of things. So lynching in the bill, it says lynching, whoever conspires to commit any offense under paragraph one, two, three, um, if death or serious bodily injury results, he will be imprisoned for not more than 30 years. Right. Okay. So lynch, if you've, lynch someone, you have murdered them, correct? Right? We can all agree with that. In North Carolina, the first degree... If they lived... I I guess if they lived... Okay, that's attempted murder. Okay, fair. Well, let's just say if you have lynched someone, they have have passed away. Let's just say for this instance. Um, So this is what first degree murder is defined as murder that is premeditated, willful, or deliberate. Would you say that a lynching someone is probably premeditated it's definitely willful and it's definitely deliberate correct sure okay now here's what i think is interesting first degree murder already is punishable by life in prison or a death penalty right so if if lynching is first degree murder then what is this 30 30 years business shouldn't they just years on like like, you know, no, I think it's a different sentences and it's like another charge you're adding on. Well, then once again, performative, it's useless. I don't know why they have it. My, I think it's, I just think it's another category in the code, in the um, mm-hmm. in law code, which is, I just think that's very, once again, I think this is an example of performative. Lynching someone is first degree murder. There's already an automatic in North Carolina specifically, there's an automatic life in prison. Now that it's going to be under a different code, it's going to be just 30 years minimum, which I mean, like if you're six, if you're what, 40, it's 30 years is life in prison. But my whole point is like, it just feels so performative, just something that he's trying to do to it's an election year. I don't know. Like when I first heard this, it didn't, I think the reaction was supposed to be, Oh, right. That's great. But it's also like, when was the last, like, this is so terrible and I don't mean it in this way, but when was the last lynching? That's the other thing too. When was the last lynching? Like the sixties. So it just feels like it's just something that they're doing. And I'm sure the people Emmett Till's family is like very excited and happy um, that, especially because his name is on it. And the story of Emmett Till should absolutely be told. I'm kind of shocked that a lot of people do not still don't know who he is. Um, Long story short, he is a kid, he was 14 years old, and he whistled at a white woman. And um, during that time, allegedly. allegedly, well, that's the other thing too. He allegedly whistled at a white woman, and her siblings, um, or male siblings, grabbed him and lynched him. Now, Pinpoint years later, yeah, no, what those pictures? Go, those people don't go look at those pictures. But if you those 
you feel so compelled. What they did to that kid was it's awful. I thought it was so powerful and- what his mom did of we're having an open casket yeah. so people can see what they did to him, yeah. my child. And what's so evil is on the deathbed, the woman admitted that um, it wasn't him. Yeah. No. Yeah, on the deathbed. Yep, she admitted that Till never, never touched her nor harassed her. Yep. 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 I had the link. Or something and, and... Yeah. So, well, so here's the thing. Uh, so you talk about, uh, I, and, and this is a totally legitimate political, political philosophy to have. One that I agree with, one, uh, by the way, that you shouldn't have redundancy in the statutes, right? If there's something... Yes, I, it's just so useless. I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> what I think this law did, and again, I'm only doing this from like research I did a long time ago, um, is that right now lynching is, is, is a state crime, right? So, mm. it, so it's enforced by the state courts, the general court okay. here in North Carolina. What this, what this law would do would would turn it to the federal court system and so you would go to federal prison not state prison if you were convicted for lynching it, it would be handled by the federal hmm. court system um let me see i wonder if that now i don't know if that's the only difference that it makes but i think that's one of the most yeah. the more notable ones and i would imagine it would be like they would have multiple charges against them so it's like it'd be a separate charge it'd be like a lynching charge and a murder charge so yeah so like you could go to you could go to state court for the first degree murder charge and then go to lynching go to go to federal court for the lynching charge or federal jail rather sorry i don't see anything about it switching okay. i'm looking but that okay yeah, that would be the only reason i guess that's not that terrible votes would make sense right now now that it's pandering and stuff you know there's an argument that could be made there um i just it it and this is terrible but like when was the last lunching i i mean i like there's so many other things that could be done if they really if they really want to help the black community there's so many other things that could be done right then making a law for lynching that's that just seems yeah let's talk about inflation affordable housing gas prices gas prices i mean for real you know and and that's an exploration that that, you know we've kind of had a conversation in the hispanic community is uh, a lot of people and i spoke about it last time i was on the podcast but even just a week ago uh somebody well-intentioned these people genuinely want to learn how to reach out to the Latino community. And, and you know, so they're, so they come up to me at, uh, and they're like, well, how do you reach out? How can we connect? And I'm like, well, you need to stop looking for Latino issues or Hispanic issues. Yeah. I'm going to see it at the table. We're part of your community and the struggles that you're going through, we're going through as well. Mm-hmm. We've, right. The pinch at the pump. We feel what it's like not to have enough to, to feed your family. We know what it's like to have economic uncertainty and 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 then some, right? And so so when we talk about these issues, let's talk. Let's include them in the conversation, and that right. attract people uh, into your movement. Um, exactly, and I mean, once again, this is not a bad thing. Like, I don't think anyone should have voted against it. I think that's silly, but it's just it feels so useless. It just. I don't know. It just feels so. It's just frustrating that like that's 
and that's just a frustration in general. Like whenever people are thinking of like black political issues, they always also talk about prison, and it's like not all black people have been to prison. I don't. I went I once what, to tour. Like, the percentage, <laughs> you know, of like what percentage of like the African American community like prison i would imagine it yeah it's a disproportionate amount yeah. I, I did a capstone well, well i guess on... compared to other people but like of like the community is it like one percent or like ten percent like it's about oh in the prison no no not in the uh, prison well, but like what she's at, or of the community of the total african-american community uh is likely to go to prison it's about a 40 percent chance it, but that's it, a it's chance a, it's a, no, a the, chance. It, it's a stark I think yeah, it's, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's, part it, of my it, body. It's, 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 it is disproportionate. Okay. And yeah, but there's there's many reasons as to why that may be. You talk about you know the the left will tell you it's systematic racism. There's also stuff about economic output. Uh, let's talk about the fragmentation of, of family. You know, also the African American community, and then followed by the Hispanic community. Actually, are are the ones uh, are you know, a child has a higher higher likelihood of living in a fragmented household. Yeah. What effect does that have? And, and so there's mm-hmm. studies being made about all of that stuff, and it's something that should continue to be researched rather than yeah. get off as just systematic racism. Let's figure out what's going on in these communities and how we can help them help ourselves heal from it and, and then move forward um, into a brighter and better generation. But yeah, it's it's very interesting how all that stuff is broken up. Um, I read a statistic, I don't remember from where, but it was saying that, um, yes, there are more African-Americans in jail, more Black people, for men. It was like there were more Black men in jail, but they were in jail for, like, drugs. Whereas when white men are going to jail, it's for, like, murder. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, there's less of them, but there is for, like, higher... Um, higher yeah, risk yeah. or higher crimes. So it's, just, it's very interesting like the the breakup of it, but I don't know. That's just like a, a pet peeve of mine that's just kind of like... Whole podcast. <laughs> yeah. Again. I spent an entire semester um, studying it as a research project. It was a, a whole thing on the war on drugs. Hmm. And, and yeah. It was intense. It was eye-opening. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, uh with the statistics and everything and so you find ways to address that um and, and it's difficult but there there's a lot of yeah. studies that are being made and saying okay we're not just going to accept systematic racism and, and take it as it is how do we address it how do we stop mm-hmm. this from happening how do we save lives and avoid the the the, the school to prison pipeline and, and, mm-hmm. and give opportunities to people that haven't been giving opportunities in the past. That's what yeah. the role of government should be, right? It's conservative government should be efficient government. That should yeah. do what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. Well, last we'll schedule you well, for that <laughs> because yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. No. 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 Seriously. Um. Last. Oh. I was gonna say. Um, 
don't remember what I was going to say. But our last story, we got to transition to the next and final thing. Our last story is brought to you by Culture of Life 1972. Use our code, those other girls 1972, to get 10% off. You guys know about it. 100% goes to pro life issues. And here we go. Our final story is um, from the Daily Wire. And I did, okay, so I'm taking business law right now. And in my book, we were reading about property law rights. I think Oof. we might need to be saying where we're getting our stories from. I just like remembered that. Because we're okay. reading directly from this, we might need to say where we're getting our stories from. All right. So this story is from the Daily okay. Wire. <laughs> Not all at all secret gay agenda. Disney employees break down adding queerness to children's show degeneralizing theme parks. On Tuesday night, Chris Rufo released several videos uh, from a recent all-hands Disney staff meeting to discuss the Florida Parental Rights and Education Bill, a.k.a. the incorrectly termed Don't Say Gay Bill, as well as Disney's efforts to push radical gender ideology and other progressive ideas on sexuality. According to the footage obtained by Rufa, one executive producer said that she was easily able to implement her not-at-all-secret-gay agenda on one show while another Disney manager discussed the company's move to drop gendered greetings from live spiels and other aspects of the park. What show is he referring to? Um, that they added the gauge, probably Proud Family. The Proud Family has a, the latest, um, show Mm -hmm. has like a very, um, gay character. Like it's like purpose, like it's like part of the show. Okay. The new, the rebuilding of it. I'm guessing that's what he's referring to. I'm sure there could be other things too. Um, and then that's so sad. They're taking away ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. That's oh, that's what they're referring to. Mm-hmm. They're, um, yeah, they're taking away ladies, ladies and gentlemen. And, yeah, they're rewording to be uh, more inclusive. They say. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think I saw something too that they were saying like what they were not like want fifty percent of the cast to be LGBTQ and minorities. Mm-hmm. So really quick, my two cents. Um it's probably more like forty cents, but um it's probably more like forty cents. Um, but, um, I think that, um, it's really sad. I don't have kids. So I, a lot of my friends that I'm friends with on Instagram and friends with on real life, they do have kids. I don't have an opinion on this right now because I I feel like, yeah. And also like the whole turning red movie fiasco. And I haven't seen it, but my understanding is just a girl going through puberty. So like a lot of like the all up in arms thing, I'm like, it's not meant for your five-year-old. It's meant yeah. for your middle schooler, 13-year-old to talk to them about puberty and, like, the changes. Granted, I have not seen it, but based on, like, reviews and what, like, I've seen from, like, the Christian blogs, it's, like, a lot of it's just, like, talking about puberty. I saw the last, like, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes. I actually cried. Um, there's like Excellent. A- like, adults are really enjoying it. But it might, but yeah, it's just like I just don't think it's for your little like five year old. Like I think it's something you show in middle school. 
And also, too, like, I am not, a, like, my mom saw the trailer and she was like, oh, I wouldn't have had you guys watching that. Cool. She's a mom. So, like, I don't have the strong, like, we got to protect. Because also, too, I don't even know if I'm going to have kids. So, I just don't have this, like, strong, like, okay, I, I have to protect my kids type feel about it. But what I do have a strong opinion on is I love that you don't like something, so you're trying to make something better. I respect that. I love that. Good for Daily Wire. And I saw the little – so, like, okay. So this thing happened. I kept seeing people talk about it. And like I said, like, I just don't have the strong, like, Disney because I just don't – I don't have kids. So it's not like it's – not like it matters that much to me right now at least. Um, but everyone was sharing about it. So then I saw a clip of Jeremy Boring talking about, um, like, his razors or something. And I was like, what the heck is he talking about? So my friend sent me the the commercial for it. And I was like, okay, not my type of, like, not my vibe. Like, I would what never, like, I'm super, you should look it up. It's uh, Jeremy Boring's razors. I think if you just go to Daily Wires, just scroll a little bit. There is the greatest commercial ever. It's been out for like eight days. It already has, I think, like 12 million views. You should watch it. Like, it's a new razor company, and the name of the website, I think, is called I Hate Harry's. Long story short, Harry's razors used to sponsor them, but then someone on one of the shows said something about men and women are not the same so then they pull their sponsorship so he's like you know what i'll make my own um razor company so the name of the company i think is jerry borings but the website is ihateharrys.com i think it's hilarious but that kind of has like and then i looked and i did like a state of the union type thing for their company which i love and i think we should start implementing things like that but um they team up with the guys who created veggie tales and the babylon bee to make a kids show once again don't have kids so i don't feel like super strongly about it but i will say i told this joke to my friend earlier um i'm really glad that everybody's like stepping up and working things out now so like when i do have kids if if i have kids like it won't be in this like weird limbo where i'm like trying to figure out what to do so we'll already have these good shows and it's like oh okay good so i don't have to stress like you guys are stressing right now um god's timing but no seriously i love that i love that they're like i don't like this i hate it so i'm gonna do something better and different I'm going to watch the, that new, um, and I'm going to do a review of the new um, the new superhero movie. Y'all know I love superhero stuff. I will say I didn't like their introduction because they made it seem like what Batman was terrible. It's called Hyperion. They wrote it, and it's, the black guy in it is like somebody who... I've seen him in other things. Like he's, I think he's like not fame. Like he's probably like a a C list celebrity. But like I've seen him other things. Okay. Hyperion, and it actually looks well. Done. It doesn't look like a pure flicks movie. And oh, I have pure flicks. You did not. No, it's not. It's not. It's not on pure flicks. What is it on? It's not on pure flicks. It's on Daily Wire. Oh 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 oh! I'm following. Now. So I'll, I'll probably use someone's code, but um. It actually, it looks like it's not a pure flicks movie. Like, I don't know if you've ever, like, watched any of that stuff. Sometimes you can see the boom mic. The shadows are off. Yeah. The, like, it's just terrible. Like, it, we got to do better. And I've said this on the podcast before, and I'll keep saying it. We've got to do better. And I think that Daily Wire might be doing that. I like that they are doing the razor thing. I, I would love for them to have female razors, um, eventually, possibly. But they are kind of catered to more men, um, but those are the girls. 
just like to wrap it up. Well, actually, Vic, say what you're going to say, and then I'll say my wrap up thing. What are you thinking? And you too, Juan. Oh, I mean, I just, I don't know enough, and I feel like, well, yeah, okay, you have little sisters. Look, I'm torn about this, and, and I may have just extended your podcast by another five, ten minutes, so I apologize <laughs> to the listeners. Hopefully you have... No, I'm just joking. I don't care. Oh, you, all I got, y'all, all I got to do is stop and start. But stop and start. Here's the thing. I tend to disagree with creating an entire alternative conservative universe. Because we, and, and, and this is a conversation, a tough conversation that we've had to have, have had as a church. Because we have our own music, our own media, our, our own movies, our own this, our own that. A, typically, like you said, it's crappy. It sucks. Secondly, we talk about how the world has gone towards one side and, and, and stuff that would have been unthinkable, um, you know, in movies and in music videos and in music and in pop culture well, because we don't have any representation of, 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 of our folks and our values. When we concede ground, we have no right, and, and you know, we have no right to tell the other people what, what you know, we say, oh, these, these Hollywood elitists are out of touch. Of course they're out of touch, because we've scared any Christian or any conservative from getting into, into media. Don't go into journalism. That's the fake news. Don't go into movies. That's Harvey Weinstein territory. You should be advocating for more Christian artists and more Christian actors and theatrics. And, but, but, but to go into and take back the media, take back what was ours to begin with, right? Rather than create well, an alternative universe where you're kind of sheltered and you're only going to get, you know, critical thinking is is when you when look yes we're gonna get our views and our values challenged but that should make our arguments stronger right we should have the conviction and the confidence within ourselves to go out there and say i stand for truth i stand for the values that not only founded this country are is one going to keep this country blessed prosperous and going rather than just blocking ourselves off now do I do I appreciate the effort? Sure. Is it a nice dab? Fine. But I think it's sort of regressive to what we're trying to do, which if we want to take back our country like we say we want to, we don't do that by creating our own outlets or creating our own little escape hatches and echo chambers. We do that by taking back our country, which is why I'm so proud for a long time the conservative movement talked about homeschooling and charter schools and this, that, and the other, which I have no problem with. Fantastic. But that's why we neglected public schools. All of a sudden, we realized that, look, we became the workers' party, right? We became the working class party. My family can't afford to send me to a private school. My, you know, and, 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 and most of other people. And they saw what was going on in public schools, and they said, we need to take this back. And that's why I stand with mothers and activists all across the state that are going to their school boards and saying, this is not happening. That's the way it should be, that that we, we're, we're advocating for the existing systems there. But that's my rant on that. Sorry. So it's so a pushback. Yeah. Um, don't don't fight because I know how you like to tussle. <laughs> wait, wait. Sorry. Sorry. 
<laughs> okay, you've seen that. Oh, wait, sorry. You've seen, you know what I'm referencing, that reel, right? You know, I'm not just making stuff up on Instagram. Sure. The tussle thing. Okay. Well, anyway, our audience did. Um, okay, so to push back on that, so what do we do if they don't let us in? That's what I was wondering, too. It's like, like how can we sit at the table if they... Out, they're not giving us a platform. They're not getting a, giving us a voice. Yeah. Like, what do yeah. we do? Like, I get what you're saying. Like, look, I'm 100% believe, like, we shouldn't be running away and creating that echo chamber. But what do we do if we're not welcome? Like, we're getting censored in social media. We're getting censored in the media. Like, what? I know someone who was kicked out of her theater group. You create a war. I mean... Do you think these these ladies have ever been accepted into their school board meetings? Absolutely not. They're getting dragged out. They're getting kicked out. But you know what? They persist. They get kicked out of this this week's school board meeting. Guess what? They're back the next day. That's what it means to to have perseverance. It it is the long-term game and the long-term view. Do you have to overwhelm? Nah, I disagree. Keep going, keep going. It's hard work. Mm -hmm. But... But but if look, and I'm not talking about an investment or, or a tangible change that you're going to see next week in media or next year. But you need to equip journalists that have integrity, actors, directors, and executives that have integrity and values, and that's how you're going to heal this country. But I my I don't think you're under like what do you? They're not getting a seat at the table. Like I mean, they're literally pushing people off of the table. How can you? You can fight to get on the table, so then, and all they're doing is pushing people away from the table, and then they're continuing to build and build and build, so then all he's doing is pushing everybody back, and they're spending too much time fighting. We don't even have anyone, like, fighting what's being built. That's why I think, sure, there should be people who are trying to still go in, sure, not against that, but I think there should definitely, we should be working to build other things, because if we're not getting the seat at the table, what are we supposed to do, twiddle our thumbs? I think that, I've always said that in order to to beat the game, you have to play the game. And we talk about it a lot in politics. And, and, and look, we're a group of outsiders, right? And we, we understand that there is an elite. And the elite doesn't want us in. I've never been welcomed by the elite, right? Yeah. And, but Fair. I'm here. I go to work every single day and advocate and fight for a more decent, open politics in this state and in our country, as do you guys with this podcast as Sebastian has running for office and mm-hmm. stuff. That's what you do. Don- Donald Trump. But and, and see, so, <laughs> you know, I, I get what you're saying. And, and I understand that that is frustrating. You're not going to get these people out today. You're not going to get these people out tomorrow. But at the end of the day, it's the fighters who stick around and stick it out are the ones that are going to be able to be the decision makers tomorrow. All I'm saying is that we need to start looking at the long-term you rather than creating these echo chambers or, or, or alternative media and saying, okay, problem fixed. You know what? They don't, they don't accept us. We're just going to create our own thing. Fantastic. There's a, there's a place for that. But I think that we have to stop seeding ground of the things that we have now and, and, and the institutions that we have not been welcome part and say, I'm here. And, 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 when, she, and when, when you create the shows, when you create the music, the programming and the pop culture that is open and that is positive and that is encouraging and you see the overwhelming success that it has, they're, go- they're just going to have to buy into it. 
I agree, but I would say we're kind of sort of saying the same thing now because I would say Trump created something different. I would say that we're creating something different. Even though we're trying to be in the same thing, I would still say we're, we've are created something different. Like, anti-establishment is this whole new thing now. Like, that's that's a club in and of itself, you know? So, like, I, I see what you're saying, and I think you're making good points because I do think, like, I don't, like, that whole meme mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, we're going to have to conservatives learn how to hunt and fish we're gonna live in i'm not about that i'm not gonna hunt and fish i'm not gonna live in the country i'm not seeding i'll end with this if you have a mentality of an outsider you're always going to be an outsider Hmm. okay okay well Juan might not like this but those are the girls we're doing our own thing over here (laughs) we're gonna be (laughs) we have we have a lot of okay go ahead i will say like i get what juan's saying but the difference is like we're trying to create this group of people to kind of implement into the world like like yeah like puzzle pieces into the world like we're not just gonna be like okay our people like our group of people we're just gonna keep for ourselves like we're trying to push them and integrate them into society exactly you're a friend that people need to hear yes and we're going to be Okay. Well, then, yeah. all right. So we're on the same page now. We're going to be adding um, new shows and new people and just other things on the YouTube channel, stuff like that coming up. And I just want you guys to remember, and this is like a plug, I guess, also too, for like to help us. This is a thing that like we're trying to change culture. And I mean, adding to what Juan says, like, you know what? We have to fight. Uh, you know what? I think I here's a good analogy that I'm thinking of now that you said, instead of creating my or our own like Apple, we're on Apple type thing. So that's what we're trying to do. We want more of that in a lot of different genres and different things. So those are the girls we are expanding. We are going to be um, doing more. And like our goal is to change culture. Our goal is to be a voice for other girls. Cause it's not just us out here and everyone listening. Like you can be a part of that. Um, head over to our uh, merch store and then our, uh, if you want to donate, like it would just really be beneficial because a lot of the things that we have that we want to do, we're going to be at YW. Well, I'm going to be at YWLS um, as well. That's official. I got my ticket and everything. I will be at YWLS and um, we have some other really cool things. We just finished an interview with someone who we're going to do a cool thing um, live. Well, like in person type stuff. And I have so many ideas, but all of this is kind of, um, it's going to cost money. So it would really help if you guys could donate. Um, or if you are uh, also too, if you have ideas of anything that you want and you want those other girls to help lift you up. If you have a business, if you have a podcast idea, if you have a movie idea, a documentary idea, if you have a, um, a cookbook idea, anything, literally, uh, reach out to us. Seriously. We want to help you. We want to push these things. Yes, yes, we want to push these things out there in the world, and I think this is um, this is something that is needed. Um, that's it. Make sure you rate, review, like, subscribe. This has gone probably our longest episode, but whatever. We really talked. I think longer. we said some really good stuff. <laughs> okay, so we, and we've said some really good things, and I, I really hope you enjoyed this. Thank you so much, Juan, that's for coming on and giving your opinion on so many different topics, talking about everything um we did we hit a lot Vic is there anything else you want to add that's all I got 
Alrighty, everybody, make sure you rate, review, subscribe, uh, send to your friends, and I guess that's it. Bye. Thank you for listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Bailey. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Head over to our website, thoseothergirls.com, to read our blogs and receive exclusive content. And connect with us on Instagram, at thoseothergirlspodcast, and on Twitter, at TOG underscore podcast. Those are the girls, changing culture and bringing back traditional values.